0: What time is it? Let me check my watch. Oh, it's Bono o'clock.
1: In olden days, a glimpse of femur was only for morbid dreamers. But you're not alone. Bring anything bones.
0: Two goofy gals with deathly interest go
1: on a skeleton inquest in your headphones.
2: Anything wrong. Hello and welcome to Anything Bones. I'm Sophie Schwartz. And I'm Caitlin Hart. It's time to go to Bonetown. Bonetown. Well, we're in a rare morning record setting. So good morning, Boneheads. This is a bonehead pajama party. <laughs> if it's the morning time for you, get yourself a mug of coffee and, and sit somewhere where the sun is shining on you enjoy this this morning bone episode
1: yeah or close your eyes and fall asleep and come back and listen later whatever you want
2: driving yeah okay
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're not alone today listener and sophie (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) joining us in our bony pajama party although it's not pajama time for him because he's from the east coast is new york-based comedian and recently engaged jordan moeller Ooh! Hello,
0: hello, hello! Spooky ladies.
2: Ow! Ow! ow.
0: ow. Glad to be here.
1: Welcome to Thanks the bone coming. party.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm stoked. Let's get our bone on.
1: Yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday for uh, for everyone <laughs> out there. I'm I won't be celebrating this year. <laughs> it's against my religion.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, I'm just not interested. Although I do wonder how many broken bones have happened in the Super Bowl before. Oh,
1: that would have been good.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that was actually a topic that I was thinking about for today was like Super Bowl injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just kept getting things about football players having gnarly concussions.
0: <laughs> yeah, that stuff is very bad. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's died playing football like in the NFL.
2: I mean, not in the NFL, but like when football was first invented, it was extremely violent and people would die all the time. I think it was Theodore Roosevelt who literally like, I think he wrote like either legislation or like he wrote like the official outlines of football because people kept fucking getting beaten to a pulp on the football field.
1: (laughs) Jesus. Or if you're talking about scary football players, you know, you can always go to OJ Simpson. Ooh.
0: Simpson. Uh, Yeah, there was the guy a few years ago, too, who was convicted of murder.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) Maybe I'll just get started. (laughs) 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 Wow. Okay. uh, shake your gloomies out, because we're about to talk bones. (laughs) Bones. I got a bone full of gloomies, and they needs be shaken. Yeah, I need to talk to you about some bones and I'm not afraid to do it. Today I'm gonna to start because of course I chose something sad and depressing and it's gonna make you pissed off. Yes. This is the story of Abraham Shakespeare. Wow, I know what you're th- I know what you're thinking. Wow.
0: I bet he's a great orator.
1: <laughs> I know That's- what you're thinking. You think is he related to, to William? To Will I Am? No. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> the sixth member of the Black Eyes. I mean, Black, I mean, Black Eyes piece?
1: No, he's not. He's not. And I just briefly before I even start, I want to go off on a tangent because I came to this topic by like trying to find a theatrical murder because that's how Jordan and Sophie mm. and I know each other is from doing theater in college, and so I was like. Oh, a theater murder and of course it was all like shootings in movie theaters so i was like i don't want to talk about that um and then i i found myself googling shakespeare murder (laughs) 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 which of course was stupid because it was just like Macbeth kills mcduff you're done like
0: (laughs) a lot of murders and yeah
1: yeah but then i stumbled upon the story of abraham shakespeare and i was like "Eh, close enough (laughs) <laughs> this is kind of what I was looking
0: for. Uh, the bearded Bard, yes.
1: Yes, yes. So, my sources, real quick, were from Film Daily, ABC News, Tampa Bay News, Murderpedia, an article from The Ledger, and Wikipedia, uh, the truest, truest friend. <laughs> so, I'm going to take you just a little bit back to November 15th, two- 2006. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> going yeah. good so far <laughs> i was in sixth sixth grade yeah 2006 i swear to god i can talk <laughs> shakespeare lived in florida he was 41 years old <laughs> shakespeare you- lived in florida is the best <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> <laughs> should i call him abraham like what do i call him mr s <laughs> is that what an kind of,
2: alligator like, i see before
1: me yeah,
0: exactly i was gonna say like what kind of horror like what kind of horror twist do you think shakespeare would have in his plays if he was set up in like tampa bay or,
1: like, oh my <laughs>
0: god Literally, like in the swamp like in the everglades
1: it was like romeo got on his jet ski to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to go to or, the like, retirement community yeah. yeah
0: all of his all of his stories are the same, but all of the lovers are brother and sister. <laughs> oh, God. No offense. I love you, Florida.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Florida, Florida's, you know, everybody shits on Florida. So it's like... But I... everybody needs a Florida. Everybody needs a place to put the weirdos. And for us, it's Florida. <laughs>
0: true. And a little bit New Jersey,
1: too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just... <laughs> abraham shakespeare is a wonderful person i just want to start that out we are on shakespeare's side okay okay Okay. so quote he had five dollars in his wallet and was making eight bucks an hour he had no car no driver's license no credit card he could read and write but not much so he's 41 he is doing odd jobs in central florida He is assigned to ride shotgun for a truck driver named Michael Ford in 2006 in November. And they're doing an overnight food route to Miami. So I don't know why a truck driver needs someone to shit shit, shotgun. (laughs) Jesus
2: Christ.
1: (laughs) 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 Is that a thing that truck drivers always have somebody sitting shotgun or like, I don't know. I just didn't really think about that.
0: I don't, I don't know. Did I, does he have like a title? Like, does he have like a specific job reference?
1: This article just says he was assigned to ride shotgun for a truck driver and they were doing overnight food. Maybe that's it because it's overnight. Maybe they need like a second Uh, so that they can just drive all night and one person can sleep. That's, I I don't know. (laughs) That's what I would
2: guess would be that they would like switch off or he's there to
1: make sure. This guy doesn't nod off. I don't hey, know. Wake up, wake up again. Keep yeah. keep your eyes open, Florida guy. <laughs> so they're driving, they're driving, they're driving. Again, they're going to Miami. They stop at a mini mart in frostproof, Florida, which is a great, great name for a town in Florida. Frostproof. Yeah, cool. It's frostproof. It does not get cold <laughs> enough there. <laughs> so the truck driver, his name is Michael Ford, asks Shakespeare if he wants anything. <laughs> And he wants a pair of Quick Picks, and he gives him money to buy the Quick Picks. Quick Picks are lottery tickets.
2: Oh, okay. hmm.
1: He plays the numbers 6, 12, 13, 34, 42, and 52, and he hits the jackpot of $30 million. Whoa! <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Shakespeare. Fuck.
1: Yeah, Shakespeare wins $30 million in Florida in 2006. I guess... <laughs> Uh, again, I hadn't really thought about this, but when you win the lottery, you can either take it as a lump sum of a lot less, or not a lot less, but you know, you take a smaller amount just right off the bat, or you can get it over time.
2: Yeah. To this,
1: to the total of thirty million.
2: Right.
1: He took it as a lump sum, and I guess after taxes, he had about seventeen million dollars, which is still just a fuck ton of money I mean, for yeah. somebody who was making eight dollars an hour and who is illiterate and who you know assumedly didn't go to school like
0: yeah, is
1: just totally new money like crazy that's
0: great Good yeah for him.
1: hell yeah so he i love shakespeare <laughs> william <laughs> and abraham well he just i mean from all accounts he seems like a really just like kind-hearted person he tries to help like he pays all the a lot of the money towards like his friends and family members getting houses having stable housing. And then really he only, uh, he bought a million dollar home for himself and then a Rolex watch and a new Nissan, which like <laughs> $17 million and you're getting a Nissan. Like yeah, okay. that was my thought. I was like,
2: yeah, yeah, it's good not to be too like over the top, Yeah, you yeah. a million dollar home buy yourself maybe maybe shakespeare deserve a porsche <laughs>
1: yeah
0: not enough, more money
1: yeah yeah i don't know i think i just i wanted i want better for him i wish he could have done better than nissan <laughs> honda all the way for me <laughs> um, <laughs> So because he is so giving and so kind, it seems like people try to take advantage of him and he has all this money. The friend that, well, the friend slash the truck driver, Michael Ford, that bought Shakespeare the winning ticket, and I say bought in quotes, took him to court and wanted a million dollars of the money because he's like, oh, I got that for you. And he tried to like, he his story kept changing. He's like, oh, you took the lottery ticket out of my wallet nobody was buying it. So he ended up, Shakespeare won in court. He didn't have to pay that guy anything, which really good. Yeah. (laughs) It seems like he would have just given him like a little bit of money if he had asked nicely. I mean, Shakespeare probably would have He seems very generous. I don't know why Michael Ford felt like he needed to take him to court. But anyway.
2: Yeah, he, from everything that you've said about him, it seems like he was down to take care of people. So like. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe, obviously, I'm not trying to victim blame, but maybe to a fault. So, yeah, one of the people that also tried to take advantage of him is a woman named Dee Dee Moore. She is a piece of shit. She is the villain in this story. Boo, (laughs) Dee Dee, (laughs) fuck you, (laughs) wherever you are. Not my aunt Dee Dee. I have an aunt Dee Dee. She's she's wonderful. I'm not saying fuck you, Aunt Dee Dee. I'm saying it to this bitch in Florida love you. Uh. <laughs> she apparently reaches out to Shakespeare. She's like, Oh, I don't want to take your money. Um, I actually just want to be a financial advisor to you. And I want to help you set up a business so you can manage your money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm no expert. But if I were somebody that had no money, most of my adult life, he's 41. He's illiterate. And he like i would think that getting a lot of money all at once would be really overwhelming like yeah. yeah what do you do with all of this money like and you're buying all of these things these important things like houses i would think that would be really overwhelming so this bitch like swoops in at exactly the right moment and he needs help or feels overwhelmed and she's right there and basically she just like takes over his fucking life Ugh, that's scary <laughs> yeah, i yeah. know sucks yeah, so apparently Moore's Company, American Medical Professionals, which, okay. <laughs> how, how is you know that?
0: Business name?
1: <laughs> yeah, come on. What, what do you do there? You fucking crazy. And how is um, that related to money? I would not yeah. trust a doctor with my money. Exactly. Like, why... <laughs> What makes you qualified? Again, this person, Dee, Dee, clearly preyed on a vulnerable person and just, he needed help and she knew exactly what to say, I guess. She, his house was like in her name or in her company's name. They set up Adam Shakespeare LLC and Moore was in control of the funds. And so, like I said, he wasn't, Shakespeare wasn't really spending a lot of his money. He had bought the house, the Nissan, a Rolex, and was just kind of sitting on it. So, of course, Moore's like, oh, okay, why don't I just take some money? I'm going to get a couple of cars for myself. Not just one, but two. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Lady!
0: A few whips. A few whips for the fam.
1: I deserve (laughs) this. And, of course, I also deserve a vacation. I'm Dee, Dee, and I didn't earn anything in this fucking life. So I'm going to take hold this. <laughs> fucking burn. All right. Here's where it gets. Here's where it gets interesting and where we get to the bony part of the story. Bones. At uh-huh. some point. <laughs> sorry. I want to hear that one more time. Bones. Bones. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, what's this podcast about?
0: Bones. I
1: love it. Yes. Very good. So Shakespeare goes missing without a trace at some point after the companies had been established. Yeah. He, um, he's gone and police actually end up questioning more. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but more gives a variety of different excuses to the police and also before them to Shakespeare's family. She sends text messages from Shakespeare's phone to his family members to make it seem like he's still alive. Oh, yeah. Super, super messed up and calculated. At some point, she's also she's spending all this money, and, oh no, she gets herself into some financial trouble. Her plural cars were about to get repossessed because she fell behind on her payments. She ugh, this is bad. She faked a rape and kidnapping, like assault, saying that's why she was behind on her payments. And of course, she was punished and charged because that was fake that's that's fucking horrific like yeah yeah that's disgusting that's the opposite of
2: helping the cause of like victims of sexual assault doing that helps people who want to discount victims of sexual mm-hmm. assault point to this yeah. kind of fucking bullshit yeah, yeah
1: exactly totally, exactly yeah, like little,
0: yeah and also like how bad of a con woman do you have to be to fall behind payments on a car with someone else's money
1: right <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah like yeah, it's like you really fucked up she does what she doesn't have the
1: money. I think she does. I think she has <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Just li- lazy conning.
1: Lazy yeah. conning. Yeah. She's a bitch and she's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> the worst <laughs> things to be. <laughs> and a liar. Um, so friends and family are quick to alert police because they haven't really heard from him in a while, other than through texting. And his style of texting was actually what tipped them off because remember I said he was illiterate. So he would send small text messages. And when the text messages started to sound more coherent, because they were from Dee Dee Moore, his family was like, this is not right.
2: Bad con woman. Yeah. Bad. person.
1: <laughs> so she tries so, so hard to cover this up. She tells a variety of stories. Like she cannot keep her story straight about what happened to Shakespeare. She says quote he has gone to texas jamaica puerto rico or orlando which is probably not that far away from them in florida. Yeah, I Whatever. was going to say or <laughs> yes, the the
2: way out of bounds orlando.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? She said he was sick <laughs> in the hospital. She said he was tired of people asking him for money, so she had helped him to run away to escape the the drama of ha- having to talk to people about money all day. Oh, yes, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Police, when they finally check out Moore's home, nine feet under her backyard, they find his body, oh. Shakespeare's body. He oh. was 47 at the time of his death. He'd been shot twice. His death was sometime around April 2009. And he actually, she pulled it off for a few months because he wasn't reported missing until November
0: 2009. Wow. Why is that because she had been covering up tracks yeah
1: because she had been telling all these lies i think and been texting people that finally what's okay april may june july august september october so about seven to eight months she was able to keep this up and that was when she fell behind on the car payments and all this shit and then so he was found in her backyard his body was found in january 2010 so um not Mm -hmm. that long ago yeah more now, again, she's trying to get herself out of this. So she blames the death on drug dealers, her own son, who's 14. What? And then, yeah, apparently she tried to blame it on her son. Come and up. then she says, oh, no, actually, I killed him in self-defense. N- no, 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 shit, no, no. Police find evidence that she offered somebody a $200,000 house to report a fake sighting of Shakespeare. They also allege that she sent the victim... She sent Shakespeare's son, because Shakespeare had two sons. She sent him $5,000 in cash that was from Shakespeare, but really it was from Dee Dee. And she, like I said, she was using the victim's phone to text people to make it seem like he was still alive. Mm. Shakespeare's mother also testified that Dee Dee told her that her son had AIDS, And that's why he was missing it. Like she really just had no uh, boundaries that she wouldn't cross. Yeah, I was Um, gonna say it
2: it seems like there's nothing that this woman wouldn't say to cover up her own.
1: No, no. The mother of one of Shakespeare's children said that Dee Dee actually told her that he ran off quote with a lady from the bank too, which is like, what? (laughs) Dee Dee was caught uh, on a Walmart surveillance video paying cash for gloves, duct tape, plastic sheeting, and other items that were found by Shakespeare's body. And, of course, divine retribution. On December 10th, 2012, Dee Dee Moore was found guilty of first-degree murder. She declined to take the stand in her own defense, and her lawyers didn't even call a single witness. Um, So I don't know if they had just given up, or I don't know. Sounds I have no like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
0: uh, yeah. I just don't understand how you can like dish out two hundred thousand dollars to buy someone else a home to lie for you, and you can't pay your car.
1: Payment, yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes.
0: And I just don't understand how you don't hire like you you do the murder yourself when you have like fifteen million dollars or however much in your mm-hmm. possession, mm-hmm. and then also you don't if you have more than like ten million dollars. You can get away with anything in this country. You couldn't hire a better legal team. Sorry, I'm just she's a really bad con woman.
2: Yeah, go off. Yeah, that's why you're here. Like, (laughs) but I mean, I totally agree with you. Like, I feel like she she would have been able to to do this if she would have been a better con woman. Like, this is like the most horrific thing you can do.
1: And it sounds like she just gave up. Like, Like, I don't know what happened. It's Um, wild. Yeah. So she was also found guilty of possessing and discharging a firearm resulting in death. Sure. Nobody pursued the death penalty, but she is in prison for life. She cannot get out. She apparently during the trial broke down in tears several times. She claimed that she was going into anaphylactic shock because she had taken Bactrim, because she was having issues with cuts on her legs, So she was taking an antibiotic and then she was, yeah. What? Like, yeah, I, I'm just like, no. <laughs> if you can say the words, I'm going into anaphylactic shock. <laughs> what do you think the odds are that you actually are going into anaphylactic shock?
2: It's just the lies that she chooses are
1: fucking wild. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It took the jurors three hours to convict her. if that easy. easy. Yeah, it was an easy one. Too Um, long. It should have been 35 minutes. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So, the way I want to end this story, it's kind of interesting. Antoinette Andrews, she's the mother of Shakespeare's son Moses. In 2017, she played a $20 scratch-off ticket in Florida and won a million dollars. Oh. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. She said, I'm a little scared. It still doesn't seem real. Yeah, because she knows exactly what money can do to people. And everybody in that family is like a millionaire now. His kids are very well taken care of. That's, you know, one positive thing, I guess, out of the whole situation. But this poor guy's life was cut short because of this greedy narcissistic bitch and that's my story yeah. rest
0: in peace rest in peace uh abraham yes. Shakespeare. and yeah i know like they like like ex- quote-unquote experts i don't know even what like maybe economists or something are always like you should take the annual payout if you win if you win the lottery, because like something like, like a crazy high portion of lottery winners go bankrupt within like yeah. five years of winning the lottery.
1: Yeah. But I yeah.
0: always thought that like, I would take a million dollars a year, Definitely. but also if someone was, if someone was dangling, like, you know, $17 million in front of me right now, I might just take it.
1: And you, ha- you're making $8 an hour at the time. Yeah. Like, of course you're going yeah. to take the lump sum and no, he did not deserve what no. happened to him at no. all. He was just a kind soul and he got taken advantage of yeah well rest
0: in peace yeah and fuck yeah. you Dee.
1: fuck yeah. dd forever i <laughs> as far as i know she's still alive in a florida jail <laughs> yeah fuck you
2: and we can all hold on to the image of a florida shakespeare for ourselves yes Him riding along on a swamp boat reciting a soliloquy <laughs>
1: oh,
0: that's like the closing shot of the movie they make about this is like his spirit on a on one of those swamp boats the wind (laughs) boats like driving through the Everglades. is it this feels like i'm maybe desecrating his memory a little bit (laughs) Uh,
2: i don't think well i can i I can always (laughs) cut it out
0: (laughs) i mean it's fine rest in peace i mean i have nothing but reverence for the dead and this guy in particular but Yeah,
1: yeah yeah us too we we laugh sometimes on this podcast you know, in some ways it's like a, to keep from crying or to keep from like losing your mind. And I mean, the podcast, my favorite murder, the ladies on there have said it best. Like you have to, if you use humor in your life to respond to things and like you use humor to process things, it's going to show up in fucked up stories too. Cause that's how you process fucked up things.
0: True. Very true.
1: Yes. Agreed. Anyway, I'm stepping off my soapbox and (laughs) I'm putting it away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Wait. you guys still had soap in there <laughs> oh sorry sorry it's slippery let me get a towel oh uh, thank you
2: <laughs> Caitlin uh...
1: Uh, has all my soaps I... <laughs> I have to
2: go to her house to, to get them out of the soapbox and it's hard when she's standing on it <laughs> I'm outside your house be like I want to take a shower please get off the soapbox
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I guess I'll clamor up a, a slippery soapy soapy soapbox.
1: Be careful. <laughs> careful. Climb to the slippery. top. That's, that's where you have to tell your story. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I am a top. And today I'm going to be talking about a secret society uh, for undergraduate students at Yale University called Skull and Bones.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Skull yes. and Bones. And, and the first thing, so I want to back up a second. So, uh, dear listeners, Caitlin, your host, and I have an ongoing tradition of pretending to throw up on each other. That's sort of <laughs> what we do. So initially, I looked at, uh, I was driven by the question, I was driven to find out if anyone had ever thrown up a bone. Um, <gasps> and the answer is yes, and I don't want to talk about it. Yeah! <laughs> completely different oh no
2: oh um, no
0: yeah it's not good don't google it just know that it's happened uh because of, oh, yeah, of course
1: yeah yeah oh, of course it has
0: but,
1: that gives a whole a whole new meaning to that bit jordan
0: <laughs> right. <Good>. uh,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow wonderful okay back to skull <laughs> and bones yeah um Okay, yeah. Right off the bat, I want you to know that if you are a member of Skull and Bones, you are referred to as a Bonesman, and I will be <laughs> out of my way to say Bonesman as many times as possible during my story.
2: Should we convert our uh, our fans from boneheads to Bonesmen?
0: <laughs> Maybe if you get like a if you get like paid subscribers, like a Patreon setup, that can be. One oh of
1: yeah, that's a great idea. Level Bones- of fan, I like that. Become Bones- a Bonesman today. <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay. Sources list. Wikipedia, our, our love, our deep love. Wikipedia, the New England Historical Society, the New York Times, NPR, ABC News, Britannica.com, the Atlantic, Yale University Archives, Austin Ghosts Tour Company, and Indian Country Today. Okay, so let's do a little intro. Skull and Bones uh, is a secret society of undergraduate students at Yale University. It was founded in 1832, so almost 200 years ago by William Huntington Russell and uh, (laughs) Alfonso Taft.
2: Um, Any relation to?
0: Father of future president uh, and uh, a bonesman of his own right, uh, William (laughs) Howard Taft.
1: Yes, Uh, lover of
2: bathtubs.
0: Yeah, and also, (laughs) yeah, it's worth noting Alfonso himself went on to be, I believe, Secretary of War under Grant. Oh, uh, and that is like that. a through line and that's sort of what i'm going to be talking about is how deeply connected this very secret society is to the american empire
1: hell
0: yeah and Ooh. various parts of government especially including and especially the cia and also the bush family it's crazy. Ah! This
1: shit is nuts.
0: <laughs> and there's so much more i want to say about it but i can't i'm, I'm just focusing on a bone related issue
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> So 15 Yale seniors are selected every school year. Um, Usually they're like notable on campus for one reason or another. They're leaders. And because its core tenet is secrecy, it's sort of like hard to figure out what they do and how they spend their time. I would imagine they do like very lame initiation stuff. uh, (laughs) Like, you know, blindfold each other and like put marshmallows in each other's mouths and like that. (laughs) that sounds um, fun <laughs> yeah they love death like their whole aesthetic is death and all of their little dinner parties and whatever are like themed always to be around death and very macabre. Huh. Huh. Oh, fun um, so they have a few different properties including so they have like retreat properties i think one is in new york and then they have a building in new haven off campus new haven is where yale university is <laughs> and they have a building off campus that's called the tomb. Um, <gasps> do, they with, yeah, do they hang out?
2: Do they hang out in the tomb?
0: I think they do. They do their weird little stuff with each other in the dark.
2: dark. <laughs> <laughs> they do their little marshmallow ceremonies in the tomb. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Their little marshmallow. Yeah. Now I just imagine like all of these like 22 year olds walking around with like hands full of marshmallows and <laughs>
2: <laughs> just and popping maybe, them in each other's mouths like a marco maybe. polo situation yeah.
1: <laughs> they're all they are drinking quote-unquote blood but it's just like Franzia from, <laughs> from the store <laughs> slap the bag as they walk by it <laughs>
0: uh, yeah exactly so the tomb holds various bones and skulls that have been collected by previous bonesmen. They sort of have a weird thing about like collecting famous bones. Um, and that is, that's what I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on. So yeah, the tomb is where they do their, sh- their shit. <laughs> um, and their properties altogether are valued at around 4.5 million. Um, wow. And it's managed by uh an organization called the Russell Trust, I think named after William Huntington Russell, one of the founders. And that's basically their alumni network. That's sort of the sort of the they, they pull the they hold the person, I think, pull the the strings behind the curtain of the yeah. already secret society.
1: Creepy
0: very weird a little more <laughs> history and context uh, it did not allow black males in, into its ranks until 1965 because you know racism and all that uh, and in 1991 i love this little story 1991 bonesmen at the time tried to admit seven women into its ranks women up until this point were not allowed into mm. the ranks of the bonesmen
2: <laughs> why can't we be
1: bones men
0: bones women yeah.
1: fine
2: bones people bone folk
0: bone, bone folk. people bone bone thems all that good stuff Anything bones you does, want. Not, does not need to be masculine so or, yeah
1: hold on were they successful did the women did they let get, the ladies in? in
0: so let's let's talk okay about
1: okay. Okay. okay 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 sorry drama
0: <gasps> unfolds oh drama um okay So uh, several alumni hearing that uh, they tried to allow seven, seven of the 15 people were going to be women. Several alumni were adamant that women couldn't join their super cool and secret club uh, and tried to put up (sighs) a symbolic quote, no girls allowed sign outside of their (gasps) symbolic treehouse.
2: Um, By leveraging their
0: status as like powerful alumni and keepers of the Russell trust. So then it was voted on amongst current and former members in a mm-hmm. highly contentious vote that came out to 368 in favor of allowing women against 320 against
1: Whoa. yeah
0: so women be bones in
2: uh, women be
1: bones in that's and a narrow it. margin though
2: <laughs> know, yeah might, like might, might <laughs> <one>. <laughs> don't uh, don't love that in
1: 1991
0: <laughs> yeah no just ridiculous at wow. Yale nonetheless like yeah that.
1: yeah Supposed well to be on the cusp of the right. greatest mo- whatever yeah. smart people right yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: but yeah but I feel like those kind of smart people are sometimes entrenched in their like mm. traditions you know yeah.
0: And I think that is like sort of the core of what this society is all about, is that it's all about maintaining traditions and power, secretly. like And
2: exclusivity.
0: Of- exactly. It's a little club. So the Russell Trust, after they found out that women had been allowed, were super, super pissed. And a charge led by conservative American, quote unquote, intellectual William F. Buckley, I believe he founded the National Review... Um, but he was like a famous mid 20th century conservative thinker, whatever that. Hmm.
2: Means, his name sounds yeah. familiar. It In does
0: to me.
1: Stinky
0: why. Stinky weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, he uh, issued a restraining order against the motion to allow women. Uh, Woo!
2: <laughs> what a dick.
0: I love this guy who's like, you know, his. Core beliefs i'm sure like pick yourself up by your bootstraps or like Ugh. i'm gonna file a suit to stop women from joining my
1: club oh my god uh, i'm getting sorry i'm getting yeah. echoes of this like current day uh not voting for the president but storming the capitol kind of vibes like yes i yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry i don't want to go off on that tangent no
0: totally but that's yeah that's i think it's it's a very similar.
1: It's Hypocr- the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is what gets me, and not, and being like, the will of the voters doesn't matter because right. I matter.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's because, you know, I'm part of this secret club that has like granted me access to some of the most like elusive and powerful rooms in the world, and yeah. I get to do what I want. Exactly. No heart, yeah. And no That's-
2: ladies,
0: no women. It's no the women 90s. Sonsmen. It's bones man, not bones wo man.
1: <laughs> Read a book.
0: Idiot. <laughs> but eventually, the lawsuit fizzled out, and women were allowed to join. Okay. Um, Fuck yeah! So, in recent years, I've found some press starting in like 2011 that Skull and Bones students, members, like new members of Skull and Bones, have become increasingly diversified, including several uh, classes which in which white students were in the minority. Yeah, um, and allegedly there are now openly queer and trans members of Skull and Bones. Good, Heck yeah. So yeah, that's an interesting tidbit, and I'm gonna tie that in a little later with some of my own my own juice, my own thoughts. Cool. <laughs> um, okay. bone One juice. Good fact about Skull and Bones is that they're obsessed with the number 322, and this goes back to what <laughs> we were talking about. And from what people think, they're obsessed with 322 because that's the year. I think 322. BCE, that would make sense, is when Athens lost the Lemian War, which oh. shifted Athens from a democracy to a plutocracy. So, mm. uh, run by the wealthy elite, which is what Skull and Bones is all about. So, they yeah. um,
2: <laughs> they love that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's basically a club that trains you to become part of like the wealthy elite, uh, whether it's in politics or business, it's a club that's membership opens countless doors into uh, incredibly selective and secretive elite power structures across the world, not just in the US, um, including and especially the CIA, the secret Ah! central intelligence agency.
2: Well, they know you can keep a secret if you're a Bonesman. That's exactly
0: right. I think that's I think that's part of the ethos. I think that's like, yeah, well I'll, I'll, so notable alumni of Skull and Bones. Presidents William Howard Taft, Yay. George H.W. Bush. Ah! <laughs> George W. Bush, which Okay.
1: Really? You know,
0: yeah, well his dad was president, so he got, oh, yeah. he got yeah, That's what. He, he got, got
1: grandfathered got. in probably. Yeah.
0: Presidential candidate John Kerry was also a member, meaning that in 2004, the battle for the presidency was not just Democrat versus Republican, it was Bonesman versus Bonesman.
2: It was a good old fashioned bone down.
1: (laughs) 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 Or a bone Uh, uh, off, if you will. (laughs) I like the other one better.
0: bone down
1: yeah Uh,
2: well wait i don't know which one i like better i have to think about it bone on down to the capital
1: who's it gonna be oh my god
0: yeah other notable alumni supreme court justice potter stewart time magazine founder henry Luce, or lucy or luce i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and matter. an assortment of cia officials fortune 500 ceos and politicians wow uh, just a fuckload of yeah. sorry i can curse right That's you
1: you cool. definitely oh, yes. can oh can yes every yeah. episode we put an explicit content warning on <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah so um, just to me it sounds like once you're in this society in your undergraduate time you're in it for life yes yeah. what it seems like to me
0: Yeah, and you're minted. You, I assume, like their um, retreats have like previous Bonesmen, just have like alumni, as in like heads of state, and like and like you know billionaires come and just like shoot the shit with a bunch of like 22 year olds who go on to
1: (laughs) to run the world. Do you know what Pokemon is? Yeah. it's probably not a conversation they had. Oh my
2: god. I I would give anything though to be a fly on the wall in like yeah. one of those like retreat parties. Cause like just such a mix of like, I'm sure these skull and bone members, the young ones are very dignified. They're Yale students. So of course they're snooty snooty. But I mean, once the old folks have gone to bed, those guys must be partying. They're like yeah. throwing ketchup on the wall. Be like, look, it's blood.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I love to, I love to think about like really, really old bonesmen going to those retreats. Uh, like George H.W. Bush, who I believe is now his past. Yeah. But like yeah. when he was around, as like an old man going (laughs) to those retreats and then getting like uh, marshmallows thrown in his mouth and then like mushing them up with his old man old man mouth
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) toss me over that bag of franzia won't you (laughs) chancy i wish to slap the bag
0: Yeah. So then there's a little story. I think this, this is an interesting story that is one of the more famous, like known stories about skull and bones and also is related to a bone. Um, So like I mentioned earlier, the bones, the order, I think they call it the society or the order is like another nickname, but skull and bones has a lot of ties to the Bush family, uh, several generations. And weirdly enough, from public record, that sort of starts with Native American leader and fierce fighter of American imperialism and colonialism, Geronimo. Um, really? Yeah. So let's get, let's get at it. Geronimo, for those of you who are listening who don't know, is a military leader, was a military leader, and medicine man from the Bedankohe uh, band of the Apache tribe. Geronimo, whose real name was, I don't believe I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but his real name uh, was Goyatle, I believe, led countless attacks against the US and Mexican governments, uh, sort of in the heat of America annexing and settling the rest of the uh, Northern American continent to the West. And his resilience and like brilliance as a military strategist and leader uh, and cultural like importance gave him fame across the world as a notable opponent of American imperialism for nearly three decades. Eventually, he surrendered with only 35 men left and spent the rest of his life imprisoned by the U.S. military, by the U.S. government, where he would eventually die in Fort Till in 1909. That's so um, fucked. Yeah, really horrendous stuff. And right. it's only going yeah, to get no. worse. Like I said, you know, reverence for the dead. and But it's important to talk about how awful people are. Yeah. Yep. Especially to the dead. Mm-hmm. So... Nine years after he died in 1918, during World War I, a bunch of dipshit army officers who were coincidentally former bones, bonesmen <laughs> uh, were stationed at Fort Till and for no reason at all dug up Geronimo's grave. And, oh, no. stole, and this is, I should be clear, this is alleged. This is unclear, but it is, there is a lot of evidence pointing that this actually happened. So they dug up his body and they took his skull and they sent it to the tomb in New Haven, Connecticut, where uh, it was put on display as a famous uh. bull and where it may still be on display today. It's unclear.
1: Yeah. Um, oh.
0: And yeah, without going into too much detail, it is also allegedly ritualistically desecrated um, uh. without like getting into too much detail sexually. How um, do you... That's not verified, but um, yeah, that's a that's a rumor that they do. Uh,
2: wow.
0: Yeah, again, it goes back to like being able to hold secrets, like doing bad stuff with each other and holding secrets so that you can mm-hmm. join the club of of the of the ruling class.
1: Yeah. So we don't know what to believe, but also if that's true, holy shit, fucked.
2: Just uh, like the very like, it's like they thought to themselves, "How can I?" Be the most disrespectful possible to another culture, to a historical figure, to like this this great military mind, this person who already endured like abuse from the like colonialism, basically. Yep. And we're just gonna just like really hit it home that we do not give a single shit.
0: And I, you know, I, I can't imagine that it wasn't in some way racially motivated. You know? Oh yeah. It's, I think it was a conscious decision.
2: Yeah, you
1: can't ignore that, for no. sure.
2: It's well, you can't that. let it go that this person is dead now. You have to just continually yeah. be an imperialist piece of shit.
1: Yep.
0: So the guy who led the racist grave robbery, one former Bonesman, an all-American, very cool guy, just kidding, absolute asshole, Prescott Sheldon Bush, father uh, of future oh. president and Bonesman. George H. W. Bush and grandfather of future president and bonesman George W. Bush.
1: It goes all the way to the top. Right to the oh top, my literally. god!
0: So not only did this guy like dig up this grave, like this horrific racist crime, he also then spawned like two horrific. <laughs> it's not to get too political, but
1: right, know, right, right. But he's directly yeah.
0: responsible for a lot of bad stuff in American history.
1: I mean, you're allowed. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: That's, that's insane. Really kicked off that family with a with strong mood. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So like I said, none of it is verified, but uh, the rumors were seemingly substantiated in 2005 when a letter from a bonesman was discovered that was written in 1918, the year of the desecration, that described the crime in great detail, along with a, a few other items that were known to be collected from Geronimo's grave. Wow. Like a horse horse stirrups or something else. Ten years later in 1928, the army covered Geronimo's grave with concrete and built a stone monument on top of it, making it impossible or nearly impossible to examine the remains. So that's part of why it's hard to verify. And also why oh, did okay. the army build like like build a mausoleum on top of it? Very what,
2: interesting. I mean, I'm guessing the the monument is not to Geronimo.
0: I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think they would have built that in nineteen twenty eight
2: you know no I I don't think that that would be
1: when they would build that yeah, I wonder
2: because yeah.
1: that's interesting we've heard or we've done a couple of stories on previous episodes where you know families had an incident incidents of grave robbing so they're like oh we're gonna fill the grave in with concrete so that never happens again I don't know th- in this instance it feels more like a cover-up than yeah. way of than a... keeping the grave safe I don't yeah. know I agree. Because I mean, that happened to Lincoln as well. Yep. Um, really? And Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> and Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: We love a good grave robbing, but this is a horrific grave robbing, honestly. Ooh, yeah. I mean, no grave robbing is a good grave robbing, but.
0: Yeah. This is, this really is, is astoundingly cruel. Yep. Um, wow. So the rumors were real enough that the descendants of Geronimo. In 2009, I believe his great-grandson named Harlan Geronimo sued Skull and Bones in 2009 to get Geronimo's skull back. Yes. Yeah, and so I had a hell of a time. So when I was researching that, there was press everywhere in like February of 2009, places like New York Times, ABC... NPR, very credible places, mm-hmm. were publishing articles about how Geronimo's grand great grandchild was suing this very secret society, uh, and sort of like digging up some of their dirt, for lack of a better phrase, to get this this like to to like rectify this horrifying yeah. crime. And if you're in a secret society, like that's the last thing you you want. <sighs> yeah, right. up in the New York Times on July twenty seventh of two thousand nine, I believe. A DC judge dismissed the case. Uh-oh. Unclear why. Yeah, it's really hard to find out what happened. Uh, allegedly, the skull might still be there. Yeah, um, who knows? Yeah. Wrapping up. <laughs> uh, in review. Yeah, so like I said, all of this press comes out in 2009 about this like horrifying racist crime that was done by, like not, not only done by members of this society, but became like a core tenant, became like a celebration of, of yeah. this order. And so I think it's really interesting that in 2011, like I said earlier, you start to see press come out about how Skull and Bones is diversifying and, and, like, yeah. and like admitting trans people and like openly queer people and people of color and, and black people and indigenous people. Well, I don't know if there are any indigenous people, that's not verified, but, but I, I can't imagine that those two incidents aren't related.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's they didn't
0: like rebrand.
1: Calculated, yeah, seems like.
0: Yeah, so that's really all I have to say other than if anyone wants to know more about it, you should look up how many people out of Skull and Bones went right into the CIA while they were like mid 20th century, like 50s, 60s, just waging war all over the world. It is crazy how uh, how far the thread goes. Wow, so.
2: that's so that's so insane because I feel like and this might open a can of worms and I want to get to to my story as well, but it's just insane that there are these secret societies that do have so much reach and so much pull in places like government and, you know, economics and different areas of society and yet we still have these groups of fucking whack jobs who are like these other secret societies these made up secret societies are the one controlling it's like it's no it's not that look just right over here just to your <laughs> left <laughs> you yeah. don't need to
1: make one up it's right they're over there. already there yeah that's a good point so
2: <laughs> yeah
0: really good perspective <laughs>
1: Good well, job, Jordan. Yeah, that was—I didn't that know was about wonderful. that at all.
0: Thanks. Yeah. yeah, I had a really, really fun time researching it. I actually heard about that on a on another podcast a few months ago, and I was like, I wonder, like, I want to know more about this. So it was yeah, fun to dive in. Yes,
2: yeah. nice. excellent topic. Very, uh, very enlightening, and I'll think differently. I mean, I already think differently about the bushes, but.
1: <laughs> now even yeah. more so yeah and i'm not going to yale okay no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. That was never on the table
0: <laughs> yeah i mean it's easy you know as an outsider to talk about how much i hate uh yale as someone who never would have gotten into yale
2: <laughs> yeah that's the thing it's like you know we can crap on the bonesman all
1: we want but yep.
2: I- i'm not bonesman material um no, <laughs> no.
1: oh Neither. god Nor do I want to be, honestly. No,
2: if that's what the Bonesmen are up to, I'm not sure if I want to be a part of it. But I'll tell you something that I would like to be a part of if I could time travel. (laughs) I would like to be a part of a Roman funeral because they sound lit. As hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are
1: you talking about an ancient Roman funeral or like a current Roman funeral?
2: Ancient Roman funeral. Oh, bitch, okay, okay. we going way back. <laughs> <laughs> My sources for this were an article from ancient.edu, Wikipedia, of course, lambsquarterly.org, ancient origins, ancientrome.info, thecollector.com, and Latin inscriptions dot awesome (laughs) (laughs) oh that can't be right anyway here we go oh
0: I'm so excited for this
2: yeah for our listeners Jordan is a lover of ancient Rome it's a fascinating time he even along with past guest and close friend Darren Schultz did a whole sketch about (laughs) ancient Rome for our charity fundraiser we did a couple years ago
0: yep and (laughs) great time
2: it was wonderful yeah so i was looking into ancient rome i was going to talk about gladiators because i'm interested in gladiators but when i was reading about gladiators i read that the gladiatorial games actually started as part of ancient roman funeral rites wow i didn't know that yeah and so i was like well if that's part of it I would like to know what else goes down at a Roman funeral. <laughs> <laughs> if This is just part of it. So, so let's walk through it and you'll be surprised at how many things from Roman funerals we see kind of represented in our idea of a Western funeral today. It's, it's very fascinating, but kind of like our funerals today, ancient Roman funerals were symbolic of the passage between the world of the living and the world of the dead. And in Roman society, it was incredibly important to honor and care for and remember the spirits of the dead so that they could become ancestors and protectors of the living. Mm -hmm. So we see this mythological idea that you must care for, remember and service the dead in such a way that they will protect you from the afterlife. And so if, but if the dead were neglected, If, you know, the dead body and their memory were neglected, they would become malevolent ghosts and come and wreck your shit. (laughs) (laughs) So Romans believed that people who died without proper funeral rites could not enter the afterlife as benevolent ancestors. And I wrote, so the stakes have never been higher. (laughs) So when a person died at home in ancient Rome, family members and close friends would come to pay their respects at at the deathbed. Again, something we do in modern times. It was Roman custom for one of the closest relatives of the deceased to seal the passing of their spirit from the body with a last kiss and close Mm. their eyes. Because this ritual was related to the Roman belief that breath and the soul were connected, Mm. Uh, which is kind of right if you think about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Breathing, necessary to be alive. That's true. (laughs) That's
1: astute. Yes.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And then after this, the relatives would begin the practice of lamentations, which is where women would scratch their faces until they fucking bled and call the name of the deceased throughout the whole funeral ceremony. So you're basically there just being like,
1: Tommy, Tyler, Tyler, ow my eye. Wow. I wonder if it was really cathartic.
2: Oh, I bet. I bet it was awesome. I wish that we, I wish in Western funeral practice, we could have more of that uproarious, maybe not the scratching yourself till you bleed, but.
1: Yeah, we can skip
2: that. I'll you- skip that.
0: Have you guys, the, that reminds me of um, uh, that movie Midsummer. Have you guys seen that? <laughs>
2: no. I've been told that it it's too scary for me. <laughs> it is
0: uh, bonkers, but there's one point where a woman is grieving and she's like screaming and crying. And then all of the other women in this little commune they're in start like mirroring her. It's It looks like an acting class and they start like doing yeah. it with her. And it turns into this like really beautiful and horrifying scene where all of these women are like on all fours, like screaming at each other. And like, and, and it's like, it's very clearly like it's, it's to support this woman who's going through something.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah. I feel like that is very connected to this. There's very much an atmosphere of like the show of of, mm. of grief to support the the family. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing about this kind of this pre-funeral time is that the family would actually call an undertaker, which I thought was interesting. And the undertakers were allowed to touch and handle the corpse. They were usually men, but other male relatives were not allowed to touch the body because- yeah, because it was, and female relatives could touch and they helped prepare the body, but it was believed that contact with the dead body was defiling to the living. So it was like this thing of like, the Roman belief of death was very, it was a hard juxtaposition between dead people are toxic and they will disrupt you spiritually and physically, and, but they must be honored and they must be cared for. And if you don't do it right,
1: you fucked. <laughs> and only women can do it.
2: Only women and undertakers. And the thing about yeah. these undertakers was that they were societally believed to be so unclean because of their jobs that they could not be buried in communal cemeteries.
0: Oh,
2: I know. Sucks. What sick. a fucking bummer.
0: Do you know, yeah. like, did anyone who became these undertakers? Are they just like I don't know. I'm sort of a loner, anyways.
1: So just, well. <laughs> I don't have any friends. <laughs> I might as well touch these dead people. <laughs> cut that out! Cut that out! No, I keep <laughs> that. That's funny. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. No. Ancient Roman undertakers, <laughs> write in and tell us what you're like <laughs> as a person. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can't wait to get all those tweets from ancient Roman undertakers. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who became ancient Roman undertakers. I would guess people of lower classes, because there's a very stratified class structure. So I would guess that if you were noble, you could not become an undertaker. um, Mm -hmm. Just because of your status. Um, But so then after this, they would place the corpse on the ground and wash it. The female relatives would wash it because ladies got to do all the work apparently and place it on a funeral pyre, or a funeral bearer, bear, B-E-I-R, B-I-E-R. I'm dyslexic. It's basically like a stretcher.
1: Take them to the pyre.
2: Yeah, to take them to the pyre because now we're getting towards my favorite part. But I just quickly wanted to talk about the coin that was placed in the mouth of the deceased,
1: uh, uh,
2: Charon's oboil, O-B-O-L. So this custom is uh, related to the myth of Charon, the ferryman who conveys souls of the newly dead across the water that separates the living and the dead. Uh, I think we're all familiar with this. And the coin was rationalized as payment for this ferryman, and it's backed up by myths and also by archaeology. But I have a little quote from the satirist Lucian, who says, quote, that in order to avoid death, one should simply not pay the fee.
1: (laughs) Then you're what, just trapped at the river's edge forever? I guess. (laughs) 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 He's just like, no, I'm not going to pay there's just a line of people like hey can i come with hey can i come with can i hitch a ride they're like they're in the back they're like hey i've been waiting for fucking hours what's going on up there they're like he won't pay they're like god damn it didn't the coin go under the tongue or something
2: yeah Am under I the tongue that? or in the mouth
1: okay just in so, your that mouth, they,
2: so that they, so that yeah, because it,
1: because so they would have it, yeah, so they wouldn't lose yeah. it because they needed it to cross the river. I don't know. I'm pulling that out of somewhere in my subconscious.
2: Yeah, that's kind of a myth. I feel like every a lot of people are familiar with. But now we're getting to the best fucking part of this: the <laughs> funeral procession. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so these funeral processions were absolutely wild. The procession was large, it was noisy, it was made of mourners, relatives, and whoever else they got to accompany the
1: <laughs> place. Just anybody at all.
2: They were just picking up people. And honestly, like, so these processions, of course, were to show how wealthy and famous the deceased person was. And the more over the top, the better. It, they had mimes and musicians, and often these funeral processions would be more rowdy than wedding processions.
0: <laughs> wow, this this reminds me of um uh, second lines in New Orleans. Yes, New Orleans,
1: New Orleans? Yeah,
0: yes, very similar. Where mm-hmm. you just like have a huge party down the street for someone who has passed. Pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the funerary mimes. <laughs> please please (laughs) because i want one (laughs) Um, okay so they were a sign of big wealth because getting a good mime was really expensive and what you needed was a mime to pass themselves off as you when you died (laughs) what yes (laughs) yes Yes.
0: hard to find
2: yeah expensive too so the, the top tier of these mimes would follow their clients around throughout their entire lives, watching their gestures, mannerisms, favorite sayings, so that they could put on the best imitation of them when they died. What,
0: what, what happens if the mime dies before the person dies?
2: <laughs> You're fucked. You got to find a new mime. You got to find a mime to do the mime. Yes. <laughs> Again, a line of people just imitating each other. It's the first guy. That is so weird. (laughs) But so they would walk with the procession, waving at people and wearing a mask of the dead person's face and their old clothes. But these imitations weren't always flattering to the dead person. Uh, The best mimes were, of course, comedians. I have a little quote from ancient origins. A piece written by Mark Oliver, Mimes, Paid Grievers and Masks, The Insane Theatrics of Roman Funerals. Quote, the emperor Vespian died. His funerary mime poked fun at the dead emperor's tendency to be a little too frugal. During the procession, he asked how much this whole thing was costing him. And when he heard someone say 10 million sectors, he called back, give me a hundred thousand and fling me into the Tiber. (laughs)
0: wow fun
2: yeah and uh it was said that julius caesar and emperor julian hired funerary mimes so it was probably common practice for emperors at the time professional mourners were also a big part of the procession and these were usually women who were not related to the dead person at all and who were who were paid to be there and who were as openly sad as possible (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh. <laughs> hype ladies for the dead ladies. guy
0: yeah with the uh, uh, modern connection is have you guys seen the video of the pallbearers who it, like became a meme I think they're uh African but they're like pallbearers who just like go you can hire them to go to your funeral and just like go off while they're carrying your casket it looks awesome but
2: wow. yeah. yeah I love that I think professional mourners are Show up in a couple different cultures. I think it's really funny that so, it's a sign of wealth. Of like, I can pay people to be sad for me. Wow! Yeah. Also, the funeral director would hire actors who looked like the dead person's ancestors, and would fit them with the mat, the death masks of the ancestors' faces, which were usually from past funerals. Oh my
1: and god! They,
2: and they this were called is
1: so elaborate. So I'm it's, sorry. No, it's so <laughs> elaborate.
2: But again, they would dress up with the mask of the dead person's face and in their clothes. And they were supposed to wear the most high ranking clothes like that their family had achieved to show off that. I wrote, it was a way of saying me and my whole family are big shit. So rich, much military. (laughs) (laughs) Too good. So then the next step of the funeral would be cremation. The body was taken to the necropolis, the city of the dead, and put on a funeral pyre and then burned. And the ashes and fragments would be put into a funerary urn. And it was believed that until the body was like properly interred in this urn, the shade or the spirit, the sh- the shade is what they called the, the spirit or the soul or kind of the ghost had not yet crossed over the river into the underworld. So you got to make sure, put, the, put it in the urn, get them over that, that river. So I wanted to talk about the necropolis just really quickly because it's the Roman city of the dead. It's what so is cool. What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> So if you're on the road to Rome, the necropolises are going to be the first thing that you see because it's basically like almost a mirror of the city itself outside of the bounds of the city, but it's completely abandoned because it's all dead people. Cool. Yeah. And so the 12 tablets, the ancient law, or the 12 tables, the ancient laws of Rome, specifically prohibited burial inside the, I wonder if you know how to say this, Jordan, Palmer, i keep reading it as pomeranian but it's p- Palmer, pomerium pomerium
0: i don't know you're probably right i don't know it's latin so
2: outside of nope. the pomeranian <laughs> <laughs> which is like the symbolic edge of the city uh defined by its walls uh, and a boundary marker outside the city made it clear what the rules were and this is a quote of a translation of the boundary marker for rome quote For the public good, period. No burning of corpses beyond this marker in the direction of the city, period. No dumping of rubbish or corpses, period. Take a shit farther on if you want to avoid trouble.
0: Wow, they were just like us.
2: (laughs) Romans, they're just like us. Just like us. Yeah, but these cities were and you know fines for dumping bodies were about five times the annual salary for
1: a legionary uh so uh, you great. don't
2: want to do it
1: you don't want to fuck with these laws yeah. are there um, people that work at the necropolis that are just like welcome put your corpse <laughs> over here like <laughs> let me take your coins i don't know i just i'm picturing you and i sophie <laughs> working at the necropolis like <laughs> Welcome to the is.
2: <laughs> these cities of the dead were crazy because they had these giant mausoleums that had amenities for visitors such as rooms for family dining, kitchens, gardens, their own water supply. Like, wow. it was a whole city in and of itself. I don't um, know why, but
1: I thought you were going to say water slide. <laughs>
2: they even had water slides and nobody used them. <laughs>
1: A really efficient
0: means of transporting the bodies across, the, across the
2: yeah oh my god <laughs> so after we've gone to the city of the dead they make a sacrifice and then it's time for the eulogy which is yeah. something this is again something that i feel like is very connected to our death practices today we still give eulogies And basically, they would deliver a eulogy that would be their last words to the departed. And they believed it was their last chance to speak to the dead. Mm. The practice is associated with noble families. And we don't really know what people said at ordinary people's funerals because they didn't record what poor people did. And it was usually only for men, but elite women would get eulogies, which brings me to the Roman eulogy I wrote for you, Caitlin. Ah! <laughs> uh, <woo! laughs> okay, so I found a worksheet online uh, <laughs> from someone's fucking lesson plan. All of my sources will be listed uh, in the show notes. Yeah. so You can check it out if you want. But here are kind of the main tenets of like what a Roman eulogy should be first your relationship to the deceased, then what their family is like, then what they achieved in life, then what aspects of their personality you will praise, and then how you feel about their death. So this is my Roman eulogy for you, Caitlin.
1: (laughs) I'm so
2: excited. To Caitlin Elizabeth Katoon Hoon Hart, <laughs> my best friend, podcast host, and fellow, fellow lover of bones. She had a very large family with many nieces and nephews who think she kicks ass. Caitlin was a licensed esthetician, blaster of eyeballs with lasers, and has knit about half a scarf. <laughs> I praise her brilliance, humor, glowing skin, and generous friendship. Also, her mastery of the crock pot. (laughs) How do I feel about her death? I'm devastated. Look at all the mourners I hired and the great mime I got. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you, oh my God. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you. I treasure that. That needs to be snipped and played at my actual funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I
2: promise you. After that, they would have a feast, which would kind of end the the mourning period. And everyone would kind of, the party would pick back up again. And then the last kind of step in Roman death was the commemoration, which is the Roman state would set apart certain days for you to remember your loved ones, including Parentalia, which is a festival held from February 13th to the the 21st to honor a family's ancestors. It was believed that if a deceased family gathered around uh, the tomb of the dead and made an offering, this would activate the shade to remember more details about their life. Yeah. 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 And I just want to end with, a little translated Roman epitaph, which was carved into the necropolis. And this is from lambhadsquarterly.org. It says, quote, You are human. Stop and contemplate my tomb, young man, in order to know what you will be. I did no wrong. I performed many duties. Live well, for soon this will come to you. To the spirits of the departed Lucius, Antius Octavius Valerinius, I escape, I flee, goodbye, hope and fortune, there will be no more prayers for me, so have your sport with others.
0: Wow. Wow, beautiful, they really are just like us. I got chills.
2: Yeah, so have your sport with others, there's no yeah. more time for being sad about me, go,
1: go play the Super Bowl,
2: go play the Super Bowl. <laughs> Happy Super Bowl, everybody. (laughs) Roman funerals were kind of like the Super Bowls.
0: Uh, I do have a question, though. Yeah. If you could hire one (gasps) famous uh, actor, comedian, really anyone. If you could hire anyone uh, alive today to be your funeral clown. Oh, my God. To to goof and spoof you. Good
2: question. I'm going to go right off the bat because I feel like this came to me right away and I feel like she would do a great job but I think M- Maria
1: Bamford could do a great <laughs> Sophie Clown.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah.
1: Oh god I'm having some trouble. I think I want it to be somebody just like really famous like Oprah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: great. yeah I want it to be Oprah. Yeah <laughs> Oprah can be your funeral <laughs> mom.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to say just just because we look so much alike and have such a similar body type, I'm going to have to say Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
2: Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, There's almost no difference. <laughs> uh.
0: No, we're, we're like, it's, yeah, we're very, very similar in a lot of ways.
2: Like I
1: brothers. <laughs> boneheads out there, go follow Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Instagram. The pictures of his cheat meals are like to die for. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's a charismatic
1: man. Yeah, I, mean, I like him. You gotta love him
2: the pictures of him doing his daughter's hair are
1: very cute yeah yeah um jordan what's your favorite bone
0: oh man i should have thought about this Mm -hmm. um i am going to has anyone said the collarbone
1: i think grace did yeah but you can say it too yeah uh
0: yeah i'll go with the collarbone probably because i think it's like a People break it a lot, so it sort of has some stigma around it, but it's pretty, it's like a sexy bone. Like if you see some hard bone, it's like a sexy thing, you know? So
1: yeah, yeah. it's a hot bone. Wait, has
0: anyone else repeated bones before?
1: No, Um, that's the first. Yeah.
0: Okay. I gotta I gotta do another one just in case.
1: (laughs) What's your Um, second favorite bone? (laughs) Yeah, if you had to
2: give out a silver medal.
0: Boy. Uh I'm gonna say
2: uh no, it's okay. <laughs> 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 collarbone, collarbone will do just fine. Only Great. collarbone. We're a big collarbone one.
1: fan. Yeah. 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 I uh, want to point out too, this is our 20th episode. Hey! Yeah.
2: hey. Congrats. Really cool. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.
1: Thanks yeah. for being on.
2: This was, yeah. was so much fun. This
1: was truly really my, fun.
0: Truly my honor. I'm, I love the show. I love you both so much. And it's just such a good time. Thank Aww. you.
1: A little bit of business before we go. We have an update from last week's episode. Yes. Uh, we talked about uh, <laughs> Lobster Boy with uh, Jordan Eskenazi and then did some research about Lobster Boy. He is fucked up. He's a like, horrible person. <laughs> really, really bad. We're never going to make jokes about Lobster Boy again. No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. And... Stay tuned because next week's episode is going to be all about Black stories.
2: Since yeah. it's Black
1: History Month, we're going to highlight some Black stories next month. So stay tuned. Yeah. And next I, week, not next, next week. Next <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thanks again,
2: Jordan. We love you. Love you guys.
0: And love the you. last,
2: yeah, and the last thing I have to say is bon voyage.
0: Bon voyage. Wait, and bon voyage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say
1: it. Yeah. Say it bon- big and proud.
0: Bon voyage.
1: <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Thanks for listening to anything bones. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook at anything bones Podcast, or email us at bones podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Nick Kruger for our spooky music and Steven Vetteroff at chubby scrubby on
2: Twitter for our jazzy vocals. And thank you to Camilla Franklin at Camilla Strader on Instagram for our beautiful bony artwork. Please rate, review, and subscribe.
0: Women be in.